and welcome to the 440th episode of Travel Rich Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, and this is the 11th season of Travel Rich Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. On this first show of the new year and the new season, we're going to warm up with a trip to sunny South Florida, a land of waterways lined with palm trees. And for that, we're pleased to bring back Janelle Modis, Senior Executive of Marketing and Communications from Visit Lauderdale. Welcome back, Janelle, to Travel It's Radio, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Dan. I am so happy to be here with you to start off 2022. I can't tell you. I'm really excited about uh, turning the pages on the new year, and I am here in the land of sunshine and palm trees. Yes, the weather is beautiful. Our high today was 80 degrees. <laughs> oh, can you beat that? I can stick this to the snow here tomorrow. So anyway, I always think of Fort Lauderdale yeah. as the Venice of America because of its canals, yachts, and water taxis. But isn't it also a prime place for ocean cruises? Absolutely. Our port here is called Port Everglades, and despite the name, it is not actually out in the Everglades. The port is only a five-minute cab or Uber ride from Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport, so um, it's right on our coastline. Port Everglades is actually the lar- a third-largest cruise port in the world in terms mm-hmm. of passenger traffic. In 2019, uh, we welcomed almost 4 million passengers. And it's also one of the busiest container ports in Florida. Now, this is really cool. Um, Port Everglades made international news this past June with a ship that actually restarted U.S. cruising. So on June 26th, Celebrity Edge with Captain Kate McHugh was the first ocean-going ship with paying customers on board to sail from U.S. waters in more than a year. And it was out on the finger dock cheering them on, waving my Port Everglades flag. It was a really great moment. I'll bet. (laughs) That sounds really good. How does your port port compare to Miami and Tampa as a departure destination? Well, I think compared to those other cruise ports, I would have to say the convenience factor is really key. For those people that want to kind of uh, cut it close and go straight from the airport to the cruise port, it's so easy because it's literally four miles apart. So it's an easy cab or, or Uber ride. Um, and for those that want to do um, arrive and do uh, a pre-cruise cruise excursion in the destination, it's great for families. So families that are going cruising, we have a lot of excellent family attractions here. So great pre- and post-cruise options. Um, some of our family attractions, Dan, I don't know if you will remember um, or are familiar with Museum of Discovery and Science, which is downtown Fort Lauderdale, and out in Coconut Creek, Butterfly World, and in Davy Flamingo Gardens. And then just 20 minutes from Port Everglades, we have the Everglades. 
um, with airboat rides. So for luxury cruisers, we also offer some great landside hotel and dining options. Tell us about the Disney Cruise Line's deal with Port Everglades. We hear it involves upgrades to your passenger terminals. That's right. We're really excited about the magic of Disney coming to Fort Lauderdale. Now, work is going to start uh, to upgrade and reimagine Terminal 4 at the port, and this will accommodate the berthing demands for all Disney vessels. So then interior and exterior renovations will include the incorporation of Disney theming, the Disney design elements and colors, and it's about $14 million in improvements. So those costs are going to be split 50-50 by Port Everglades and Disney. That sounds so cool. What's the planned starting date, and how much of an impact will Disney have on competitive cruise lines also operating out of Fort Lauderdale? So with the new agreement, Disney can start sailing from Port Everglades in October 2023 because it will take that long to make the um, required uh, upgrades. Uh, to the terminal, and that will be for one ship, and then there will be a second ship based here for sailings um, by 2025. So it's a total 15-year agreement that was just signed. We are beyond thrilled, by the way. Disney yeah. hasn't announced yet which ships will start in fall of 2023, but the new terminal adjustments are are being um designed with every single class of Disney ship in mind. So, um, but they just haven't announced yet which one will be starting ship. And as far as the second part of your question, rather than competition, the attention of the new Disney sailing, um, the attention that brings to Port Everglades should really improve things for all of our cruise lines, putting our location in a favorable light for those haven't yet experienced our Fort Lauderdale-based home port. Um, maybe Miami's a little bit bigger, you know, it might have gotten more attention, so maybe people haven't yet experienced sailing out of Port Everglades in Fort Lauderdale. So Disney is going to really shine a spotlight uh, on how friendly, convenient, and welcoming our destination is. Yeah, that makes sense. We're talking with Janelle Modis of Visit Lauderdale. So now, how many cruise lines call Fort Lauderdale their home port? I should say Fort Everglades their home port. And how has that changed in recent years? So, Dan, I did my research. I looked this up. We have seven cruise lines and a total of 39 ships sailing from Port Everglades in 2022. And in addition to that, we have our ferry service, uh, which is the Valeria Caribbean Ferry to Bimini and Grand Bahama. So um, in 2022, seven cruise, cruise lines, 39 ships, and here's the comparison to 2019. We had 11 cruise lines and 40 ships. So we now currently have fewer cruise lines, but really basically the same number of ships servicing the port. So things have changed, but we're really coming back to pre-pandemic levels in terms of the number of sailings. So in 2022, our cruise line lineup from Port Everglades is Viking Ocean Cruises, Celebrity Cruises, Cunard Line, Holland America Line, Princess Cruises, Royal Caribbean Cruises, and Silver Sea Cruises. I know I'm asking a lot with this next question, Janelle, 
but what other cruise news can you break on this show tonight? <laughs> well, dun, 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 dun. it's pretty exciting. Also coming in 2023, besides Disney, we have sailings on the Ritz-Carlton Yacht Collection. I'm really excited about this oh, wow. because that's really big news. It's launching an entirely new brand, you know, that's part of the Ritz-Carlton family. And so that ship is going to be the Avrima. And some of their itineraries are spectacular, very immersive. Like they're going to have um, a tour through the Caribbean that's really all Hemingway themed. So you can imagine Ritz Carlton has really thought this through. Um, and they're already posted um, on the Ritz Carlton um, Yacht Collection website. So you can go and start dreaming um, about, you know, what kind of experience that you might want to immerse yourself on on board the Ephrema. And then we will also have in 2023 Azamara Cruises uh, on the Onward is the name of the ship. Oh, sign me up for that Hemingway cruise. No kidding. <laughs> now, I, <laughs> now I guess I, I hate to bring this up, but the Omicron variant has started a whole new wave of consumer concern about COVID-19, especially when outbreaks occur on the ships. What do you do, Janelle, to calm the traveling public? It's really, uh, you know, uh, falls directly with the cruise lines, and um, the cruise lines are doing an excellent job at preventative measures, and they are doing a good job at managing the outbreaks that have occurred on board some of their sailings um, in recent days and weeks. And the percentage, if you look scientifically at it, the percentage of cases on board compared to the onboard population is statistically less than 1%. So if you look at it from that perspective, it's much better than our land-based percentages. But yeah. any case, even one case on board a cruise ship is a great concern, and that's understandable. But the cruise lines are taking it very seriously. And I heard this morning, I was listening to um, our news radio station here in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and Peter Greenberg, you know, the travel expert, um, was calling in, you know, with his take on cruising and, and, and the outlook for cru- cruises. And he said, basically, people that are diehard cruisers, they are all in. They are mm-hmm. willing to be flexible, wait it out. They're, they can't wait to take their trips. They can't. People are booking two, three years out now. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're really excited to cruise. Um, so the people that have never cruised before, obviously, going to be um, much more tentative, but the people that um, are really cruise fans are undaunted, basically, by the Omicron variant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to know. And are there waterfront hotels where cruise ship passengers can stay before or after their cruises? Yes. So here's one of the things that makes us such a great um, pre- and post-cruise destination is that um, we have beachfront hotels within one uh, to one and a half miles to five miles of the port. So very, Ooh. very convenient. And with the risk of flight delays and cancellations increasing now over the recent weeks, many people are now beginning to arrive at least one to three days early to make sure that they don't miss their embarkation. 
So we have a lot of great hotels in Greater Fort Lauderdale. And on the luxury side, I do want to let you guys know, and I'll talk a little bit later in the show about some of our new hotels, but we have the new Four Seasons Hotel and Residences on Fort Lauderdale Beach that's opening in March. Mm-hmm. That's great. So do most passengers fly into Fort Lauderdale International Airport and take shuttles from there? Yes, most cruisers do fly into Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International. Now, it's only four miles from the airport to the port. It's a quick and easy Uber or Lyft ride. There are shuttles that you can get. And then the hotels that we have right um, around the port area, um, I think just about all of them offer complimentary um, port transportation. Um, So that is super, super convenient. And for those people that do fly into Miami International, we have train service on Brightline and Tri-Rail. Uh-huh. Um, so, but in past years, people would fly in and go right to the port. But like mm-hmm. I said, you know, with what's happening now with um, airlines are stressed because their crews, if one person gets sick, you know, they have to, you know, quarantine and all this stuff. So it's putting a great hardship on the ability of airlines to meet their schedules. Like if they don't have enough flight attendants or pilots or whatever, a, cruise, mm-hmm. uh, a flight is going to get canceled. So the cruise lines are even even um, recommending to people to fly in a day or two early. And so that is only benefiting, uh, obviously, Greater Fort Lauderdale hotels with more uh, pre-cruise um, bookings. Sure, and you got the weather. <laughs> oh, for sure. 80 degrees, I'll take that in a heartbeat. You're listening to Traveler Radio with Ann Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee. We're on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, and Facebook. Check out the archive show at your convenience. And tonight we're talking with Janelle Modis of Visit Lauderdale. Janelle, since your climate is so benign in winter, is this peak season for cruises out of Port Everglades? Well, really, Dan, our cruise business is busy year-round. We do get more guests from the northern states in winter and most normal years. We're not quite back to normal yet from international travelers, too. But I have to tell you, a lot of Floridians take advantage of summer sailing. And Floridians know that, and like for hotels, it's typically our off-season, so there's better rates. A lot of Floridians, you know, have a tradition of taking summer beach vacations with their family. Um, And people that are here in South Florida, um, we like to take advantage of those three-day weekend trips uh, on board cruise ships. Some of them just go back and forth to the Bahamas. And there are a couple of the cruise ships that have private island experiences. And these Mm -hmm. are really cool. It makes for a really fun three-day weekend. So some of those are offered by Princess, Holland American, and Royal Caribbean. C offers what is it's called Perfect Day at Coco Cay, which is their private island. So <laughs> just something a little different than sitting around the house or maybe going to the beach on the weekend. Yeah. But uh, how long is a typical cruise? And do most cruise passengers combine their cruise? I mean, aside from, you know, the cushions that they, they add a couple of days, do most cruise passengers combine their cruise with stays on land? Well, you know, looking pre-pandemic, 
a lot of our pre and pro post cruise days were strictly for convenience, like fly in, spend the night, get on board the ship the next day, get off mm-hmm. the cruise ship, go to the hotel, you know, decompress, rest, get up the next day and either drive or fly home. So we didn't have that. That was probably the larger percentage versus the extended pre and post cruise day guests. So, um, we're hoping that things may change and we're hoping to introduce more people uh, that get introduced to Port Everglades, you know, to some of the joys that we have in the destination to stay a little, little, little bit longer. (laughs) And since you represent Visit Lauderdale and things are constantly changing, Janelle, please share what's new for 2022 and beyond. Well, I have to tell you, we've been working on our what's new for 2022, and our list got up to about six pages. So Woo! our destination, our destination is on fire. <laughs> and um, really, in terms of hotel products, it's really insane. So we've had a lot of investor interest in our market, and they see our hotel um, market is very strong. Uh, with a great future. So actually during the height of the pandemic in 2020, we had six new hotels that opened and we had 10 new hotels open in 2021 and we're on track to welcome seven more new hotels in 2022. And just about 10 minutes north of Fort Lauderdale Beach, we had a dual branded Hilton, you know, one of those that's home to suites and true by Hilton. Uh, Mm -hmm, open mm -hmm. within walking distance of Pompano Beach's Pier and Beach. And also coming soon to that area is a new food hall. It's called the Bite Eatery. And just a few more other things that's new. um, On that uh, dual-branded hotel uh, that's close to Pompano Beach Pier, they have a new rooftop bar space that's awesome. Obviously, great view um, overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. And speaking of rooftop bars, that is a very cool trend in greater Fort Lauderdale. And our brand new Marriott Courtyard downtown, which is right in Fort Lauderdale's trendy downtown Flagler Village neighborhood, has a rooftop bar and club that's called the Easton that um, is, like, super hip. And we have at least half a dozen uh, really great rooftop bars now. And I do want to mention something else that's new that really is, is, is pretty amazing. So Fort Lauderdale Aquatic Center at the International Swimming Hall of Fame um, oh. along Fort Lauderdale Beach is undergoing a huge renovation. It's over $47 million is being invested. That'll be opening at the end of 2022. And really the most interesting thing is there's a new 27-meter dive tower. So this will be the highest dive structure in the Western Hemisphere, the second highest in the world. That's one that's just a few silly millimeters higher in China. And for the public, there'll be a top of the tower tour to climb the 162 steps to the top. And all of the major United States and global swimming groups cannot wait to get into this new complex. Oh, that's great. You know, I've made many visits to your area and love the beaches, the waterways, the walkways, and the restaurants. 
but I still have to wonder about the impact of the coronavirus. What can you tell us? Of course, the impacts in 2020 were like nothing ever seen before in the destination. So during that year, our occupancy revenue, collection of tourist tax on hotel stays, say, you know, at the worst of it, in April of 2020, plummeted by about 90% compared to April of 2019. But on the flip side of that, the return of visitors in summer of 2021 was pretty dramatic. You know, people's pent-up demand to get away, to get out of their own living rooms, resulted in the best July and August that we've ever seen here. And we have the benefit of being an outdoorsy beach destination. We've got 24 miles of beach, a wide range of hotel products, all the way from budget to luxury, and really kind of interesting, all of our older boutique hotels, most of them have kitchens, very homey, kind of comfortable, cool little properties. They were sold out, and they continued to be in high demand for people seeking longer stays. Good to hear. The Broward Center for the Performing Arts is one of my favorite man-made attractions. Anything exciting listed on the schedule there? I'm with you, Dan. I love the Broward Center. Absolutely love it. Such a quality organization. And, yes, they are back in business. Broward Center has the touring production of Tootsie opening this um, coming week. And that's running through January 23rd. And we have Johnny Mathis and Harry Connick Jr. that will be here um, at the end of January. And then a really dynamic lineup um, all the way um, listed on their website all the way through summer. And, Dan, are you familiar with the Parker Playhouse? No, tell me. It's part of the Broward Center organization, but it's a little bit north of the Broward Center itself. It's um, right next to Holiday Park in downtown Fort Lauderdale. It's a historic old Fort Lauderdale theater that was totally renovated and is now back open with a new name, the Parker. And in addition to um, um, plays, it's no longer called the Parker Playhouse. It's now just the Parker because it's become a really a favorite destination for, for smaller concerts. So some of the concerts that are scheduled there now include Los Lobos and Hot Tuna Acoustic and a whole bunch more. And if you look at BrowardCenter.org, you can see the whole lineup for both of those venues, Broward Center and the Parker. Oh, that's exciting. And talking about exciting, is the shopping on Los Alamos Boulevard still the best in South Florida? Heck yes. <laughs> so, if you've been there before, you know, Los Alamos Boulevard, we call it the Style Mile. Um, mm-hmm. I had a really nice time there myself doing some holiday shopping. It's it's really pretty. You know, it's it's a lovely boulevard you know, with landscape medians, and and it's all one-story, beautiful little boutiques, shops, restaurants, bars, bakeries, chocolate shops, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes for a, a really fun window shopping, shopping and, and noshing kind of experience. So the art there is pretty phenomenal. It ranges from great, unique gift items, the sculptor, sculptures that, like, you could picture at the entry gates of a mansion uh, mm-hmm. to investment quality art. So there's 
it's really fun shopping. Oh, it sure is. We're talking with Janelle Modis of Visit Lauderdale. Now, Janelle, how many hotel rooms are in your area? You know, you talked about all these new hotels, but uh, you also have the older boutique hotels. How many are, are coming? I know there's always more demand than supply. Um, well, we have now, we represent the entire greater Fort Lauderdale area, which is, all, it, you know, um, it's Broward County for anybody that knows Florida County names, but most people don't, so we call it greater Fort Lauderdale. So for in our entire region, we have 37,000 rooms, and mm. we promote that entire area. And we do have an 11% increase in supply over 2019. So a lot more to choose from. If you haven't been here in the last few years, well, you haven't been here. You know what I mean? There's a lot going on. (laughs) So we opened 10 new hotels in 2021, seven new ones coming in 2023. And as I mentioned before, we do have a new Four Seasons opening on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Is Pier 66 still a local landmark? And how about Michael's 15th Street Fisheries? I love Pier 66. <laughs> I have some great memories of being at that uh, revolving rooftop bar on a romantic date with my soon-to-be husband, um, you know, back in the day. So, anyway, um, the new owner, Tavistock Development, is completely renovating the existing round tower, and that's a, for people that have ever been to Fort Lauderdale in the past, it is a mid-century mod icon of a structure. And so that, that original ho- round hotel is being renovated, but they're also adding an entire new building with more hotel rooms, new meeting space, new residential units, and they also have a proposal in before City of Fort Lauderdale to add three new towers the luxury residential, but that's not approved yet. We'll we'll see about that. Um, mm. But Dan, it's not open now, so the hotel is expected to reopen after all the renovations in 2024. And yes, 15th Street Fisheries also one of my favorites. This is a very popular spot on our Fort Lauderdale water taxi. You can also get there by land, but it's a whole lot of fun to get there by the water taxi. And there's ample outdoor dockside dining, um, which anybody that's concerned about um, COVID, we have so much outdoor dining in all of our mm. restaurants in Fort Lauderdale. We have so many waterfront restaurants. Everybody's got patio seating, dockside seating. So it's, it's great for anybody that's concerned and doesn't want to be inside. Um, we have lots of open-air dining, and this is a perfect place for that. Um, they also have a casual downstairs indoor dining and bar area, and then upstairs, they've renovated the entire upstairs, so it's a fancier um, dining room and bar experience. And this place is so cool because you can't beat the view. There are always amazing super yachts that are parked just across the waterway at Pier 66 Marina. Hmm. Well, it's a great place, and I know that you have plenty of places to sample fresh-caught seafood, but I need to move on because, unfortunately, we're running out of time. So for listeners who might not know, give us a quick geography lesson, Janelle. How close are you to Palm Beach in the north and Miami in the Keys in the south? And what's the status of the train 
that's supposed to run all the way from Orlando to Miami. Okay, so Greater Fort Lauderdale, right in between Miami and Palm Beach. So our area ranges from Hallandale and Hollywood Beach on the south side, that's just above Miami, up to Pompano and Deerfield Beach on the north side, and that's just south of Boca Raton. So right in the middle of our region is Fort Lauderdale, and it's about a half hour north of Miami, 45 minutes to an hour to West Palm Beach, easy drive to the Keys, so only an hour, an hour and a half to Key Largo. Mm -hmm. And by the way, just west of downtown Fort Lauderdale, our region extends out to the Everglades. And so uh, we've got attractions out there for airborne rides. And as far as the train, the Brightline train, that's now running between Miami and Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach, the Orlando link is going to start in, I think, two more years. It's a couple more years that will connect. Okay, we need your website real quick because we're really running out of time. Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Yeah. Okay, our special guest tonight so, has been Danielle Modis, Senior Executive for Marketing and Communications from Visit Lauderdale. Thank you for being our guest on Travelit Radio. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was just great to talk to you, Dan. Also great to meet you, Mary Ellen. And everyone, please go to visitlauderdale.com. You'll find lots okay, of great articles. Okay, that's it for this edition of Travelit Radio. Next week, our guest will be Julie Holman of Destinations International. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe.